Hi, this is Cousin Vinny on the Cousin Vinny Network. That's C-U-Z-I-N-V-I-N-N-I-E Network. We're going to be doing multiple series of interviews from different individuals from different fields and professions and businesses to enlighten you, to entice you, to, I don't know, just make it fun. And some of it will be really, really serious. But again, we're going to bring individuals in that we feel that could be an aid and a help to you out there. Again, stay tuned to thecousinvinnynetwork.com. This is Vinny DeRosa, also known as Cousin Vinny. What I'm going to do on these multiple series of podcasts is do an introduction to who I am. If I'm expecting you to listen to my podcast, maybe it would be best that you know a little bit about who I am, what I've done, so that you have a, an understanding of where I come from. Uh, a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about come from personal experience. Some have been from um, my life experiences, some from professional experiences, and the others just experiences a general. If I'm going to invest my time into these, I want you to feel like you've invested your time wisely. Comments would be great. Uh, you can call me, 888-738-7381. Uh, my cell phone is always on pretty much 24 hours a day, but you know, nine to nine would be acceptable time to call if you wanted to uh, chit chat a little bit about something in particular. The recordings are not going to be perfect. Uh, there'll be probably some sniffles or coughs or some other strange sounds in the background. I'm not going to filter them out. I'm not going to spend hours editing out every little bump or bruise that's in it. I will attempt to be straightforward, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, and sometimes um, opinionated about things. And that's just life. Again, if I'm going to ask you to invest your time to listen, I want you to understand where I'm coming from. Uh, I've listened to other podcasts and, you know, people just start talking about topics and people go, well, do you know anything about that? I mean, I don't know everything. And if there's something of interest uh, that you have, let me know. I'll try to find the person or if you've got a person of interest, love to interview them, love to talk to them about what they do and what they've done in their lives. Because this is all about sharing. I'm at a point now where it's really important to me to get things down. Uh, I was going to do it on paper, but I'm terrible about writing. If you know me, um, I suck at that. I'm better at the verbalization of it, putting it in a format that you can understand. So, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, I'm going to try to uh, elaborate on my lead-in. So, did you know that? Tuesdays. Well, there was going to be a lot of things that I know at or know about, and some things I don't, but I'm going to share some of those things. And some of it's going to be personal. Uh, some will be uh, business-related. Some will be just fun-related. And some of this will intertwine with the Thursday, everything real estate. Uh, I've been doing real estate majority of my life, uh, and I'm going to talk about those beginnings in that particular episode. But I'm going to add some of it to the beginnings of, you know, did you know this about me? And then uh, the Sunday, you know, the fun day, food. Going to talk about some failures, too, and the future. So Sundays are going to be a little bit of a mix of fun and food, failures in the future. Uh, it kind of hit me today when I was watching uh, a TV program, and uh, I'll get into that in a little bit about what I saw. 
I don't have a timeline for each of these episodes, how long it will take. Uh, some will be short, some will be a little more complicated and longer, but I will try to keep it as uh, brief as I can because I know attention spans sometimes get a little wandering, and so I want to make it fun and entertaining as we go along. Okay, so where did it all start? Well, September of 1949, 25th, I think it was, of September, my mom and dad, Pete and Bruna, were married in Italy. Uh, my mom was traveling back and forth from the United States to Italy at that time because her father came here uh, prior to World War One. He came as an indentured servant. And people go, huh? How'd that work? Well, he came here because he wanted a better life for his family. So he worked in the coal mines of Pennsylvania to pay for his debt to come to the United States. Uh, and he traveled back and forth. My grandmother stayed in Italy for a while. And my mom's sisters, a couple of her sisters came over uh, with her uh, at that time. And uh, they went back and forth. And so mom went back to Italy at a point, I guess, in 1948, 49, uh, and met my dad and fell in love and were married uh, in the town of Benevento, just outside of Naples. And uh, that was the beginning of it all. So that was the start of the, the DeRosa family uh, back in 1949. So technically, I was made in Italy. And I'll get into that a little more in a little bit. Think about it. September 1949, mom and dad get married. Uh, they honeymooned in Italy. My dad was not a U.S. citizen. He was nothing at that time. He was fresh out of the World War II era, young man. Watched all of that stuff with Mussolini with my mom. Half the reason why they came to this country because of the oppression that was <coughs> excuse me, going on in Italy. So in September, they were married. And sometime in the spring of 1950, uh, they took a cruise which we think of cruising today, is not quite like the cruise of back then. Uh, they came by ship to the United States. Uh, they landed in uh, New York, where our family is from, in Brooklyn. Uh, mom's dad lived out on Long Island. And mom and dad moved into um, a little place in Brooklyn in that springtime. In that springtime, there was someone along with them. That was me. So I keep on telling people I was made in Italy and born in the USA. So in 1950, uh, during that period of time, they moved to Brooklyn, like I said. And on August the 9th, I was born to the new DeRosa family in Brooklyn. Uh, so I was made in Italy, born in Brooklyn. And that's where the beginnings of our family started. We lived in a, a little um, apartment over a grocery store in, in Brooklyn. And a dad worked in that little grocery store for a while, got the grocery bug, and opened up his own grocery store in Brooklyn. Problem was back then, there were people who wanted a part of your business, and dad didn't want to participate in that. So he decided to go out to Long Island, where my grandparents were, opened up a little luncheonette on Fire Island. Well, lo and behold, that year that they opened up the luncheonette, Fire Island, there was a big hurricane. It got all messed up, and that was the end of the luncheonette on Fire Island. So mom and dad decided to move not too far from my grandparents in Islip Terrace in, in 1954, 55-ish. So we moved to Islip Terrace out on Long Island, and my dad worked for a gentleman named uh, Mr. Barrasso, who lived about two doors down from my grandparents, who owned a concrete block company. So my dad was slinging concrete blocks uh, to help pay for 
his living. So Mr. Barasa was taken by the fact that my dad was so energetic and working hard. He helped my dad purchase his first piece of property down the street from his home and the concrete block in my grandparents' place. And he helped him build his first home, our first home that we grew up in, and our grocery store. And our home and our grocery store were like 75 feet away from each other. How do I know that? Because I used to have to shovel the sidewalk from the house to the grocery store in order for us to get to the store sometimes during the winter times. And boy, they were brutal, brutal winters. So that was the start of our delicatessen uh, in Brooklyn. I mean, I'm sorry, Long Island. Ironically, I was back there about less than a year ago, and the stores are still there that my dad built, the original uh, delicatessen. Our house is now gone. Uh, it is now a CVS, which kind of freaked me out when I saw that. But it was kind of interesting to see how the dynamics of the community had changed and not changed so much. So I would say that, you know, the move to Long Island back in 1955, 54, whenever it was, was foreign to a lot of people because Long Island was, you know, so far out from the city. Everyone wanted to be in the city. But, you know, Dad uh, had foresight. Uh, I've got pictures of him sitting in front of the grocery store. Roads were not paved, deer going across our yard. And my mom, at the same time, was still commuting back and forth to New York as a seamstress. And, and, and here's a little side about that. Before all this other stuff happened out on Long Island, my dad worked with my mom in the uh, seamstress factory. And he lasted about a week, I think she said. He was just so bad. So he gave that up and, you know, did some other things in Brooklyn. So we, um, you know, moved out there, went to school on Long Island. I was the oldest. My sister and brother hadn't come along yet. I uh, was in public school for one year, and then all of a sudden my parents put me into Catholic school, uh, St. Mary's Catholic School. So I got into first grade, and I was a little uh, challenged, so I got left back in first grade. <laughs> People wonder about me sometimes. I, I'm, I'm, you know, smart in some things and some other things, just not quite as smart. So St. Mary's was, um, you know, the Dominican nuns, uh, you know, we had the church, the altar process, you know, all the Catholic school stuff that we did back in that, in that area. So I went there from first grade to eighth grade. I got left back again in fifth grade, uh, because I had eye issues. I had eye problems. I have a lazy eye. My right eye doesn't function as well as most people's eyes do. So that was a hindrance for me because I was out a couple of times and with surgery and recoveries. Yeah, choir was better than altar boy. I did altar boy a couple of times, and I didn't like all the Latin stuff. So I became a choir boy, sang my heart out, and, you know, don't ask me to sing a tune today because it ain't going to happen. So that was part of the, you know, the beginning years of, you know, living there on, on Long Island, those early years of Catholic school. Now, my dad worked, you know, seven days a week. We had a deli, and, you know, typical... You know, he opened up in the first thing in the morning till late at night. Sundays, we were closed, usually around 1 o'clock. We had the Sunday morning rush after church, pick up their newspapers. We had Kaiser rolls that I had to butter like crazy. Never understood the thinking behind that. You know, you came in and bought a Kaiser roll that was buttered, and that was my job. Sunday after I got done with, you know, church services, I would come in and start buttering uh, all the, the rolls. So when people came in after church, they can get their rolls. And it used to just flip me out. And the other thing, too, is we, we'd get newspapers during the course of the week back when we had print. And the New York Times was the big, big kahuna back then. And during the course of the week, we would get different sections of the newspaper. 
that I would insert into the newspaper. That Sunday, we got the final edition. So you'd have this thick Sunday newspaper. Wow, what a thing. I mean, it was just amazing that people could actually read the thing. But that was part of my, uh, you know, upbringing. I grew up in a grocery store. I was working in the grocery store from the time eight, nine, ten years old, you know, leveling shelves, which people may not know, uh, pricing things, stamping, dusting. And at some point, I was able to work behind the deli counter, started making sandwiches at about 10, 11 years old. Today, that ain't going to happen with all the health and rules and regulations. I was making sandwiches. I was in the meat department probably around when I was 12, 13 years old, chopping meat, uh, doing Italian sausage. Uh, I, it, was, it was a wealth of education that I didn't really appreciate at that time until just the last few months. There were things you learn in life and you wonder, why am I doing this? What's the purpose? Well, at that time, you don't think it's a purpose. It just, but it, what it did, it gave me a lot of um, disciplines that I didn't have. I was unruly at times and I'd, I'd catch all kinds of, you know, happy horseshit. And in the in-betweens of all of this, my dad's mom came from Italy for a while to spend some time with us. She thought she was going to move here, but she had too many other sons and, and grandkids in Italy. So she spent about, I think about six, nine months, maybe a year with us. And we put her back on a ship and she went back to Italy. But before she got here, my aunt Maria, which was my dad's youngest sister, came over from Italy. Uh, she was the only one from all of his brothers. The other brothers stayed in Italy. My mom's, all her sisters were here. Uh, came over. Aunt Maria came over from Italy. Not a single lick of English. Now, fortunate, I did have no choice. Uh, my Italian, I can understand it. Not as good as I used to because I don't hear it as often. But I was pretty fluent with it as a kid. Uh, able to understand conversations, knew when people were talking about me and when I was about to get in trouble. I miss those days of, uh, you know, family gatherings on Sunday around the table, you know, because we had the deli. So everyone came to our house to eat with just food upon food upon, you know, people talk about three course, four course meals. Ours was in a continuous course, you know, from the time we closed the grocery store at about two o'clock until six, seven o'clock. And it was pretty much a Sunday ritual. Everyone would end up at our house. The guy that worked for us, Bobby, uh, in our grocery store and, and, and some of the other people that worked in our store, plus our aunts and uncles that lived on Long Island would come over and my cousins, um, you know, it, it would just, it would just be a big family gathering and it wouldn't be right if we didn't have another cousin, Vinny. Uh, I have another cousin, Vinny, actually who I've been talking to recently, uh, since his, his mom passed away, which is my aunt. I went to see her about a year plus ago. And she said, I was her favorite. I go, yeah, well, I'm the only one you had. No. So anyway, it was kind of fun reminiscing and, and spending time, you know, out on Long Island, Long Island, uh, where I grew up. I'm, I'm not from Brooklyn. I'm a Long Island kid. And um, it was just, just a thrill to go back and see it. And then the thought was, how did I ever live here? The cold winters, the brutal summers, we didn't have air conditioning. Going to Catholic school for elementary school, what a task and a half. You know, being in the choir, being an altar boy, all of those things that you did as a child helped form some of the things uh, in me. I also had a little band. All right, get ready to laugh. I played the accordion. Why? I don't know. Because all Italian kids play accordions. Uh, Mr. Bovio, who was down the street from us, was my instructor. My sister Irene ended up taking some accordion classes also. 
And, you know, I got pretty good at it. I mean, I really enjoyed playing the accordion. I got so good at it that uh, I do Christmas shows with the, the group, you know, the, the, the church uh, at St. Mary's. And then we ended up with um, St. Peter's the Apostle Church was built. My dad helped build that church not too far from us. So I was involved with that, playing music, playing the accordion. And eventually I, I made my way over to an organ. I got off the accordion and started playing the organ, started a little band in 1965, the Undecided Five, uh, kind of a funky group, uh, kids in the neighborhood, drummer, guitar players. I played the organ. Uh, our first gig, we played at my high school after I graduated, after I left St. Mary's at eighth grade in 1966, 65, 66, 66, the summer, the, the fall of 66, St. John the Baptist was a brand new high school. They were building schools for all these kids in Catholic schools so that they could, you know, continue on their education. So they built four diocesan high schools. So St. John the Baptist was built. I got there and the first semester uh, they had, you know, open auditions for a dance. So my band went in and we played. So that was back in 1966. And it's really funny because back then, because of being a little slow, getting left back twice, I was a little bit older than most people that year. I was the only kid in my freshman year because we were the new freshman class. There was nobody in front of us. I was the only freshman who had a car who drove to school. So I was a hit. And, and Sister Maureen Peters, I, I love her to death. I still remember I talked to her, gosh, years ago. She goes, I can remember that day you let me drive your car. And um, she was just thrilled. It was a 1965, I think, Grand Sport, four-speed. I mean, she was just flipping out over being able to drive this thing. She was just having a blast and a half. And I, I can still remember it today. And, you know, that, that was a, a whole different lifestyle back then. You know, living on Long Island, the winters, the summers. Uh, my dad had a couple of heart attacks, you know. We went to Italy the summer of 1965. That was the very first big vacation that I can ever remember our family ever taking. I mean, we would go up to upstate New York occasionally, you know, for a, a long weekend up to Lake George, which was the typical vacation spot for most New Yorkers. But what stands out in my head is the summer of 65. Dad decided that the entire family was going to go to Italy. And how were we going to get there? Well, we're going to take a ship. And it was the USS Independence. We left out of um, New York and we cruised over and we did Gibraltar. I've got some videos of my sister being chased by the monkeys on Gibraltar, which was the funniest thing can be. Uh, we went to Algiers, and Morocco, I think is Morocco is where we spent the 4th of July. We hit there. We hit there like the 4th of July and we saw the 4th of July. Met some interesting, you know, kids on the ship from around the world going to Italy. But the, the, the most outstanding thing I can remember on that entire trip was landing in, in Naples. And my uncle, I have an uncle Luigi, was at the docks and at the time he was in the military. And my parents decided to bring with them to Italy in 1962, I think it was, 64, 6264, Cadillac Sedan DeVille. Put this in your mind. This is a friggin' boat within a boat. We had a Cadillac, four-door Cadillac that they loaded onto the ship. And in our trunk was food. My mother had packed groceries for us because she knew that we probably wouldn't like everything that we saw in Italy. So the trunk was full of food. Now, I, well, I got a picture of the car being hoisted out of the ship. I, I found that a couple of months ago and I was going through some old pictures. And it kind of blew me away. I'm thinking, 
they had to drain the pool, open it up so they could take our car out of the ship. And again, my mom had the car stuffed with food, and I'm thinking, how are we going to get this through customs? Well, you got an Uncle Luigi in the military. Went down to the docks. That was it. We were done. We were on the road, you know, to uh, Benevento. Now, mom is driving a 62 Caddy, 63 Caddy, whatever it was, from Naples to Benevento. And we're on some really narrow-ass roads. I mean, everyone in Europe at that time had little Fiat 500, Cinque Terres. You know, we had a Cadillac. So we end up, you know, in the town of Benevento. I actually send Laos with my, my dad's family lived. And the streets are so narrow that the car doesn't really fit. You can't really park it on the street because cars couldn't get in and out. So mom, because my dad was coming a couple of days later, ended up having to park it at the cemetery at the top of the hill. So we had a personal parking lot in the cemetery with our Cadillac. That was kind of kind of unique, um, you know, spending the summer of 65 in Italy, you know, from June uh, until September uh, with my cousins, seeing the sights, seeing the, the places, you know, Venice, Rome, Milan, Naples, uh, the Leaning Tower, I mean, Leaning Tower Pisa, uh, Sistine Chapel, the Vatican, you know, the catacombs, got hundreds and hundreds of pictures. And I don't know how many reels of movies and slides I took, but they're literally into the thousands. The biggest, I think, thing that I come away from Italy was the food, the, the sights, the sounds. My Italian was pretty good because my grandmother spoke Italian, Aunt Marie, my parents. So my Italian was good to the point where I didn't let my cousins know that I understood what they were saying. And for a good part of the summer, you know, they would talk about me. And say stuff about their cousin Vinny, you know, in Italian, making like I don't understand him. And then one day I just got tired and I said, said something to an Italian, said, you know, you may think I'm dumb, but I've heard everything you've said about me. And I would kind of like take it back and they started laughing. And, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of, kind of, kind of funny. It was one of those moments that you don't forget. I'm going to give you a scenario and I'm sorry that this may be long or boring or unimportant to some of you. But again, I said before, you need to know who I am, where I came from where I'm going to better understand why I'm trying to say things. Or when I talk about things, I'm coming from a point of reference that I've got some good personal knowledge of. So summer 65, I'm going to be 15 years old in August. And I've noticed in Europe at that time, everyone was wearing these gold ID bracelets. It was the big trend. They were thin or, you know, nice, nice size, but, you know, kind of neat looking. So I told my parents what I want for Christmas, I mean, for Christmas, my 15th birthday was a gold bracelet. I still have it till to this day. Uh, over the years, I've dated some girls who said, I'd like to have that. I go, nope, this is real gold. You're not getting it. Broke it a few times, had it rehabbed, uh, but I still have it and uh, I will keep it till the day I die. I don't know who I'm going to leave it to, but it's, it's a treasure from 1965. And again, we spent, like I said, the whole entire summer seeing the sights. I mean, I literally got thousands and thousands of pictures. So now you're in Rome and we're at the Hilton Hotel, I think it was in Rome, and we're having a birthday party for me. And so I'm having a birthday party, and someone, I guess, told him or something like that that I was having a birthday. And he just popped in and said, happy birthday. And my cousins were all freaking out that, you know, James Garner came by and said, happy birthday. And I'm going to leave that part of the story to when I get to the 1980s. But just remember that James Garner in Rome in 1965. So... I think that I'm not going to go much longer. I want to keep these, you know, brief, but I want to make sure that I don't miss a lot of the highlights. Again, I want you to feel like you're not wasting your time. And you know what? If you have a story 
that you'd like to tell. I'd love to have you sit down with me. We can do it remotely. You can come in studio and let's just talk because you know what? It gives people an idea of who you are and where you came from. Yeah, you meet a lot of people, you say hello, you casually see them at events, but do you really know them? And this is what's happened to me in the last few months as I started doing this podcasting process is, do I really know me? Do you know me? Do I know you? I think that, you know, from this point forward, I'm going to take it in snippets and in segments. Uh, we've gotten, you know, from 1949 to 1966, 67 was turbulent in New York. We were just getting into a lot of the Vietnam era with all kinds of craziness going on. I, I think that as we get into the, to the next phase of my adventures, which will be 1968 forward to the next break, um, I'll give you some more insight. But I think, you know, the, those, those first 16 years of my life growing up in New York were my formative years. My sister and brother came along in between there. And, uh, you know, we were the typical you know, family on Long Island. You had a house out in the suburbs outside the city. So anyway, that is the first part. Uh, more to come. And again, this goes to the topic. Did you know that? Well, now you know that. And there's more to come. Again, thank you for listening. This is Vinny DeRosa, also known as Cousin Vinny.